0: Hey, Selena, And hey, everyone. Hey, y'all. So we're out of Proust. Thank God. We're, we're done. That. I know. We shouldn't make it sound that terrible. It was my idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Selena. No, uh... it was It was
1: really, it was very great. It was long. It got long.
0: It was long in there. Like, we talked about that one time. It makes sense in a dinner or party situation because you're drinking.
1: And you have time to, like, listen to other people's answers. It's just the two of us here. Yeah, we, right. like... I don't know.
0: It just, it's heavy. There's
1: only so many people to borrow from.
0: Right. And then sometimes it's just a hard foot to start off on. So you die. (laughs) And you're like, uh, I'm just trying to talk about designing women. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to do something different. Just like, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll like do different things again. But today, no reason at all. Totally random. If you could go on sabbatical. Tell me, Nikki, what would you do and where would you go? And I can stall for time with my stalling skills. Do you know your answer? No, i do not really. Oh, okay. I mean, kind, but like mine is probably just really like like a true. It doesn't have to be like a true sabbatical.
1: I think if if we're um, staying in like the the reasonable world, um, we've talked a lot recently about. Moving to the European countryside somehow it feels different, like the French countryside, or the other day we were talking about, um, like the Netherlands, like Holland, Austria, something like that. Living in the European countryside, um, and we've actually had this conversation about like how cool it would be. Uh, it would be an extra wrinkle for you and me on the podcast, but like to be able to. <laughs> If we could I'm figure coming. out, if we could, well, sure, you're in the suitcase. If we could figure out the time zones, and I had that free mental space to just focus on it, and then Kyle could still do his job, and our kids, we could figure out whether we want them to go to school with expats or if we want. Um, to do like a, a tutor, or if they would just go to—I don't—I don't know what the schools are like there. I'd have to, you know, investigate. But a lot of Americans have done that and gotten like world experience that is really useful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be cool. I think that if I were on sabbatical from work in my current reality, in my real world, the podcast would be the focus, and trying to figure out how to parlay that into some other uh, creative opportunities and creative. Um, Project.
0: I love that in both of these scenarios, I'm factored in. <laughs> <laughs> You're there. That's wonderful. You're there either way. Um, so I think mine always goes back to this idea that I'd always want to be traveling. Mm-hmm. And I'd need a home base, but I'd always want to be traveling. And um, I, I think I would just want to, like, mine's like, to- it would be nothing to do with reason. I'll, I'll try and think of a reasonable one, <laughs> don't don't, but it would well to, to like counter this one, but it would really just be like bouncing around to anywhere that I haven't been first, mm-hmm. and then I'd like to come back and like really like like languish in mm-hmm. some areas mm-hmm. like really like spend some time in some places like where I've had to rush through in the past or like I felt like there's all these things that I needed to do i've star i I feel like I've gotten better about that as I've traveled more but. Um, even like four and five years ago, I was like, oh, you got to do everything that's here. You may never come back. And like, I'm try. I tried to get out of that mindset. Like you can always come back. Yeah. And
1: that way it's like more enjoyable. I think if money's no object, yeah. then yeah, I think my sabbatical would be very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Like some sort of version of traveling, mm-hmm. um, whether it's like spending six months in, you know, some part I keep coming back to like a rural part or a smaller town in France, but it would get me to Paris if I need to, or I could go to London for a week or something Mm -hmm. like that. So money's no object if I don't have to worry about making money or some sort of career. And I, you know, my kids' schooling wasn't factored in yeah traveling 100 percent
0: that's what a tutor is for right yeah of course of y'all course. Y- y'all will instill the social skills somehow it'll <laughs> be fine uh yeah i think i don't know like i just want to like experience culture and do different things like all the time um for new year's this year yeah. Um, I was like, wait, what day was it? Yeah. On New, New Year's we? Day, we were in Asheville. I want to experience something different. So I went somewhere else in the South. Also, uh, it's been eight days and she's forgotten already. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but we went to like an Italian restaurant. And, um... Did you got a really good flavor for Italy? <laughs> mm-hmm. And actually, it was really good. Gotcha. I mean, let's be honest. Like, we've really stepped it up a notch in the South in our culinary skills. And so, um uh but it was what what i was going to say that i really liked about it is they brought out traditional italian foods for the holidays mm. and that was something we got to taste it like throughout the meal oh that's cool and i thought that was so nice because not that uh, there's anything wrong with Southern traditional food on New Year's and at the holidays, but it was cool to see like where there was some overlap or where things were like completely different or how like somehow like what the, like the pork dish that we had, there was this amazing overlap where it still had those like autumny fall flavors, Mm -hmm. like even though it's an entirely different country. Mm -hmm. So like, those are the kinds of things like where just anything I can do to like eat And, like, also, like, broaden my experience. I would definitely still want to work on the podcast. And I think that's my ending thought is, like, my idea of a sabbatical is, like, basically me having a second career. (laughs) I don't, like, Casey laughs at me when I say that I want to retire. He was like, you can't not work. Yeah. And that's probably very true. Yeah. So. Hmm. Good question. Well, back to real life. (laughs)
1: To the thing we both want to do in our second careers. Uh, Be high rollers. Are we ready for episode 18, oh. high rollers? <laughs> mm-hmm. Suzanne. hmm So Hulu says, Suzanne puts her remaining few dollars at risk when she visits an Atlantic City casino in an attempt to recoup her fortune. IMDb says, oh, this one looks long. <laughs> Suzanne is now living with Charlene and selling lingerie to pay off the IRS. Charlene tells her a story about how the founder of Federal Express kept his company afloat. He went to Las Vegas and won enough money by gambling to make the payroll. Suzanne gets the same idea. She drags her and Anthony to Atl- her being Charlene, and Anthony to Atlantic City with her last $4,500. This aired on February 8, 1988. It was written by LBT and directed by Harry Thomason. What
0: do you think about those descriptions? I think that second one was definitely written by a user, <laughs> uh, which I'm okay with, and let me tell you why. Because I like the detail, I'm not saying I'm sorry whoever that was. I'm not saying it was well written. I'm just saying like I feel like people get a nice little reminder of absolutely everything that happens. <laughs> it felt to me like they copied the uh, the
1: script of the episode <laughs> into the description. Like, if I were to describe this episode, I'm not sure the FedEx piece would have made it into my description.
0: No, I don't think you necessarily needed to know that, but it will help with this week's extra sugar. I so. was going to say, so incidentally, that's the part I would leave out and put in an extra sugar. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's do some general reactions and stray observations with the caveat that all of mine are
0: stray. Okay. It's, it happens that way for me, too. Do you have any general reactions? This is what I have realized is an addendum to something I was talking about when we met in a completely different time to talk about episode seventeen. Okay, which is this idea that like um, more times than not we're told about things that happen versus shown things that happen. Yeah, and so this is another instance where like it's sort of taking me two, t- taking me. It's taken me two seasons to realize that that is a lot of the show. And I can't figure out like whether or not that's a sitcom thing. Is it this sitcom thing? I don't know. But this was like, why are all my general reactions questions? Why when I'm trying to get to the bottom of that, is there another question? (laughs) Questions on questions. I'm going to have to start taking notes. So, but I was just, those are some. You were just wondering.
1: I was, I'm just Charlene. So are you talking specifically maybe about the casino scene where we see her lose all her money, but we don't see the great redemption?
0: I don't care as much about that. Oh, (laughs) that's the most interesting part of the episode. I would have. Well, but I'm okay with that way that played out. And we actually got to at least go there. Okay. Okay. So I think the ones in the last episode were much clearer.
1: So my point was going to be that that would have been an easy shift to make.
0: Oh, uh-huh. they wouldn't. That wouldn't uh-huh. have
1: required an additional set or an additional cast of characters. They could have just shifted the focus a little bit. So but if that's had... not what you thought, then
0: no. Th- my example on this one was Anthony's experience with Consuela.
1: But then you would have had to have seen Consuela, and, and you it's, can't. Do you that. can't see her. Right.
0: Although they do get around that in other sitcoms with that trope of not showing someone Um, where maybe they're like on Big Bang Theory, you hear her off to the side. It's Howard's mom. You never actually get to see her.
1: Right. Um, but so. he gave such very specific examples of very funny things that were like physical comedy things she was
0: doing, that mm-hmm. I don't know if you could have gotten around that. And his interpretation of those things. And I, I get that was a really funny and all of that. But I think, I think the other thing is, is like, because we've sort of been, Watching these in, with chunks. Thanks for that word. Mm. <laughs> Groupings. Collections. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> fancy. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so we're watching these in collections, and um, even
1: clumps would have been better than chunks. I
0: don't know. Clump sounds like something <laughs> in the back of Jackson's fur. Hey now. <laughs> They, they
1: pile up right here under his eyes.
0: Oh, that's better behind his butt. That's true. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I think it's like maybe the compounding of it with the last episode. and I hear then, And then I think now that we're sort of like winding down in the season, I'm like, man, we just like hear about a lot. Yeah. We're told about a lot of scenarios. We don't get to see a lot of scenarios. We get to see it all hashed out. Back at Sugar Bakers.
1: So you know what's funny about that? I might have just made this comment uh, in a previous episode that we recorded at a separate time. But like episode 17 maybe. Because I was saying how I love how we can hear these anecdotes about characters without seeing them. That you can vividly imagine the character doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was uh, Suzanne being uh, turning Anthony into the police. How hilarious that is. I almost <laughs> wonder if it's because these... Maybe
0: not hilarious. <laughs> the action. <laughs>
1: Right. No, the whole idea, the concept of Remember
0: it. when Suzanne mangled Anthony and it was hilarious? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like, it's so uh, ridiculous that it would never translate visually. It's, you have to hear, like, it would take the most amazing character, the most amazing sure. actor, the best timing, the best um, camera angles to capture them. Uh, but I think you're latching on to something interesting because I'm taking it as it's funnier like said than actually seen because it could never actually
0: be that funny. Could it also be Southern? Because Southerners are good storytellers. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like some of it purposeful that we're hearing it through story rather than seeing it. Maybe. Well, solved. Well, not really if you're still unhappy. I don't know how you want to play this because I just have like a lot of questions. So, well, why don't you start with your questions? Maybe they get into some of my strays. Okay, I like that. Um, while everyone else was in Atlantic City, did Julia and Mary Jo's conversation resonate with you at all? Do you want me to remind you of what I'm talking about?
1: You don't have to remind <clears throat> me. I don't think it resonated with me necessarily.
0: Really? Yeah. So they're, they're talking about there are two types of people in the world, the parents and the children. Right. Those who make messes and those who clean them up. They want to do something bad. Let's go. Let's go take the day. Let's go fishing. Let's get out of here. Oh, there's carpets to measure and invoices to do. No, we'll just stay here. None of that resonated with you at all? Only because
1: I don't get the sense that there are other people doing more fun things than me right now. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't think there everything sucks. Yeah, I don't think there are a whole bunch of people skipping work to go to the brewery down the street or skipping work to play hooky and drive up to the mountains. Like I just I don't think people are skipping out to do. Think
0: about before twenty in the before times. Yeah, the before um, times.
1: There have definitely been periods in my life where I get tired of feeling like the grown up. Yeah. Feeling like the most responsible person.
0: Okay. Well, I was just wondering because it resonated for me. Really? And I have both been the parent and the child. Of course, I've been a child. But I mean, this idea of there there being two types of people. I've definitely been the least responsible person in the room at points in my life. But my early 20s and beyond... I've been the more of like the parent or the serious one or the one that felt like some sort whether it was there or not, the weight of needing to make the right decision and right. all of this. And so or like I think of this idea of like um kinda like, you know, you and I like being at work and being like, Oh, let's go do something bad. And we're like, No, we gotta do a whole project. Right. <laughs> so so we'll do nothing. It reminds me of when I was in high school. Um,
1: my version of bad. We left school in the middle of the day one time. All the other kids were testing and we were seniors. So we were, I don't remember, we were in like a free class or something. For some reason, there was no teacher there. So we left and we got halfway to QT, I think it was, but we got spooked because we thought somebody was going to notice. So we stopped at Dunkin' Donuts halfway and got our coffee and went back to school.
0: Meanwhile, I
1: was smuggling people out in my trunk. (laughs) Our entire excursion in all four years of high school, the only time I left school in the middle of the day, my entire excursion was maybe 22 and a half minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: it seems sad, but I mean, I yeah, don't. who I, cares? Whatever.
0: So Not that long ago. Not that long
1: like <laughs> yesterday. No, basically. Uh, but it's just, that's, that's just the kind of person I am. I think maybe I've had time to come to terms with it and I'm just less bothered by it now. Also, I'm just parent age now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at the age where I need to be a parent. It bothered me a lot more in my 20s. Mm. All right.
0: Well, that was my one question. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I've got 18 more. Keep going. Okay. So, Julia Fishing. Tracks for you are weird. No, that was weird. Okay.
1: That was just as weird as introducing that their grandfather owns a farm on the outskirts of town. Incidentally, the outskirts of Atlanta would be where we live.
0: Or that they're talking about the grandfather like the grandfather's alive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm just saying he'd be like 85 at bare minimum. And that's if both her, like everyone had a kid right at 20. And, and like, he's still kicking around and like completely uh, if his faculties. Plot twist. Hmm. Their grandfather is Wilmot Oliver's best friend. I'm so glad it's not Wilmot Oliver.
1: Well, that went through my head first and that felt twisted and weird and. Introduce some other things about the South. Southern Gothic. <laughs> so I'm just going to say his best friend.
0: Oh, okay. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, um, that was weird. Yeah. I could see Mary Jo fishing.
0: And this is not to say that, like, I don't know. It just didn't track with Julia's personality to yeah. me. She doesn't, she, it, I, did, I don't see it. I don't see but her isn't being that,
1: wrinkled. isn't that the complex, the complexity of a Southern woman?
0: Absolutely. And so that's where I wanted to leave some room and just... See, like and i have a couple of friends who don't i mean they're not like they're not like julia like who's like a very specific brand of person but they wouldn't strike you as someone who like yeah let's go out fishing for the weekend but they love it yeah and they do it fairly frequently so whereas i'm just bored yeah
1: that one felt of all the things they could have played hooky to do going fishing for both of them together. Like I said, Mary Jo, I could see doing that, but I just don't know that a single mom is going to choose to go fishing when she has an afternoon to herself. Right. So
0: I got a couple more. You sure you don't want to pop in with uh, some of your strays?
1: Well, you keep going on your questions. I still have, I still have them. Okay, I still got some.
0: Nightly pie and cake festivals.
1: Oh, I have that somewhere. Yeah. What do you have to say about that?
0: Well, this is a pain point uh, Charlene mentions when describing life with her new roomie. Um, this is actually... We don't get to see that per se, but we do get to see Suzanne and Charlene sleeping together in the same bed. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, I'm, I I imagine that Charlene probably has like a one bedroom and and I it's just still kind of funny. Um, so... Uh, anyways, I was just – I was going to ask you how that struck you, the nightly pie and cake festivals.
1: Actually, it's the only thing I mention in my things I didn't like.
0: Okay. I
1: feel like it's starting to build that narrative that Suzanne's a binge eater, that she's gaining weight. Yeah. Um, they mention later in that episode when they're in bed together um, that she's put on weight. Um, I feel like maybe it's consistent with the narrative of a former beauty pageant person, this caricature of who that person is. Um, because I think that disordered eating is not, it's not far-fetched from what most of us think about when we think of a beauty pageant like a contestant. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily true, but it's, I'm sure we've all had that thought. So I think it fits into that narrative, but I just think given what we know now about Delta Burke's experience on the show, it starts building that narrative and it's just a little kind of sad.
0: Like you know, the turn this is taking. Yeah. Well, like for me, I think I'm torn because it sounds great. <laughs> you know, on the face of it, I'm like
1: Pfft. baby yeah. food. They threw baby food in there to me, which um, I think takes you from "ooh, fun, let's have a girls' night eating pie" to "oh, wait, there's something more going on here."
0: Okay, okay. So, Sorry, did I throw you? No. Through? Well, only because that's another question I had because I wasn't. It sounds like we may have taken that two different ways. Let on on the nightly pie and cake festivals. Um, obviously, I I agree with you that this sounds like a ramp up to laying like some some breadcrumbs or something, which I don't like because we know it's gonna take an ugly turn. But I also just wanted to mention that we do get. It's not just that that's mentioned, but also someone at the country club mentioned something about her weight gain. Putting no on weight. Right. And so, oh, that's something I wish I had captured in my Southern things. Anyway. Oh. Um, so I think, I just think all that is like a package together. It's probably not good news, but the festival. The festival <laughs> part. It's the choice of words that threw you. And then I'm with you. So my other thing was like, this is when you're talking about all those things, the uh, discount caviar, baby food, frozen pies and cakes. We, this is the rundown that we get of Suzanne's routine. Along with her also talking on the phone for hours every night, so I I just don't understand how the baby food. You think it was diet? I
1: think it was something high in
0: calories. I
1: think it was something weird. It was something odd. Like I don't know that anybody has said baby food is the most delicious thing in the world. I don't quite know the intricacies of how that plays into disordered eating. I don't know if maybe it takes up less room in your stomach and you can eat more. It's like a binge eating situation. You just want to put as much in your body as you can, and that takes up less room. Mm. So you can actually enjoy some of the chewable foods and still feel that fullness. I don't want to get into eating disorders because I don't really know much about them other than I think they're sad Mm -hmm. and they're unfortunate. Um, But I think there was something to be had in there about that. It was a very specific example.
0: Okay. And I was like, is this a mistake? I oh. need to say something else because all these other things sound like these luxurious, Indulgent. maybe not the discount part, but yeah, um, it just was weird and I was very curious. Uh, Charlene bought Suzanne Missouri lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. Why not just Georgia lottery? I have an answer for you on that.
1: Oh. But it's in my things I had to look up. I have an answer on that. Everybody has to wait. <laughs> <laughs> the spoiler is because the Georgia lottery wasn't in place yet. Because I had the exact oh, same the question. 1992, I think, was the year. That's late. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Zell Miller. I'm so impressed. So impressed by you. Um, okay. My last question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you get caught off guard by Suzanne's introductions at the roulette table? I'll remind you. Anthony is her gambling advisor. <laughs> now, I just thought, I, I haven't done a lot of gambling but i thought saying that in front of the pit boss might be a little bit of a red flag
1: i think that's why the pit boss was there as i
0: said, sorry this is just
1: my card counter i think that's why the pit boss was there i think okay. that was i think that that whole section right there with the pit bull um i think it all served to show how little she knows about gambling and how out of her element
0: she was okay i do have thoughts about that later it, and charlene is one of her oldest and dearest friends yeah <laughs> But for female friends, maybe. I think that's true. Yeah. But it, it took... She's the only one she's sharing a bed with, no? That's true. It her,
1: her and Anthony. Those are her two dearest friends. All right.
0: That ain't a lie. It did catch me off guard in the moment, though. Really? Yeah. All right. I'm out of questions. Sorry about that.
1: One of my strays was I loved how they um, talked about Suzanne spending an hour every day doing her makeup, then going back to bed. <laughs> sleeping till noon. <laughs> it sounds like wasted energy no, to me. But sleeping till noon doesn't sound half bad.
0: It sounds like a mixture of this is my routine and I'm depressed, maybe? Maybe.
1: Uh, Anthony gave Consuela a ride to the meat packing plant, which is continuity from the reference in the Christmas episode mm-hmm. where they gave Suzanne a pig and they say her family has a meat packing plant.
0: Right, which is continuity from even earlier than that because we knew they were in the exotic meats oh, industry, right, which is right. when you laughed at me because I said, exotic meat. <laughs> <laughs> and then I
1: just noticed that Suzanne seems... I think I love her character so much because we bounce from, um, there's some black people coming to dinner where she is just like, I I actually think she's kind of wise in her ignorance sometimes. I think there's some wisdom there.
0: Yeah, she stumbles on a point. But she's
1: 100% random and like ditzy, but I think she's really self-aware. So she's laying in bed with Charlene and says, you hate me, don't you, Charlene? And she goes into, like, some of the things about how she's, like, incompetent and she's poor and she's that and the other. And Charlene's like, well, you're not incompetent. <laughs> you are all those other things. Selfish, incompetent, and poor. But you are those other things. Um, but it reminds me of when she and Anthony were in the hotel and she shared some of those feelings with him about how um, other people don't treat her the way she feels like she wants to be treated and blah, blah, blah. And I just... Something, like, beautiful and tragic in that character.
0: I... So profound. <laughs> um, okay, so we get two outfit reruns from Charlene in a single episode. I just need to which say Which one? It. The purple dress she wore at some point in the episode, she has worn both in season one on the Monette Monica episode, okay, and then again in this season's premiere. Okay. Which is crazy. Yeah, Now we've gone three times. Yeah. And then that top pajama top she's wearing when they're in bed together Mm -hmm. (laughs) um that is from the slumber party episode
1: i only have two pairs of PJs.
0: i don't well it's fine it's just funny that it's like yeah
1: i thought you were gonna say and maybe it was the last episode there is a blue dress that she's wearing that has sort of a peplum top it's like a blue um suit dress Mm -hmm. has a peplum top i thought i had seen that before
0: Probably. So when you said that,
1: I was expecting that. But. You know
0: you have. Eight Pro- times. Probably. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is that Suzanne wins $39,000. In today's money, this is close to 100000 which is the only way I'm buying what she plans to do with it. 100%. Yeah, because she's going to make her first big payment to the IRS, get her home back, which is a mansion. <laughs> and then she's also going to pay her country club dues and get a bunch of facials.
1: A hundred percent. And I actually almost mentioned that, but I, I wanted to be careful with any like sense of classism. Um, but that just didn't seem like very much money to me to do all those things. And actually, spoiler alert, next week, we're going to talk about country clubs mm. in Extra Sugar. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that, that's tough for dues. That's a tall order to make dues happen and the IRS payment.
0: Yeah. I did look up some of those and I will just say it is hard and I can't wait for Nikki to talk about just how exorbitant those fees are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just had to mention that because I was like, that's not real life. And I don't think that sounds classist. I think that just, that's just math. Yeah. And I'm not even good at math, but I know that don't necessarily add up. Yeah. We've seen the house. It's it's a big house. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. So let's talk about the things we liked since I couldn't shut up before.
1: (laughs) I thought the script and the delivery on this episode was spot on. Um, Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning of the episode, Julia says, you don't have to tell me about Suzanne. I'm her sister. I lived with her for many years and most of them she spent in the bathroom. (laughs) I just thought that was such a funny uh, response to them talking about how much time she spent in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. The entire bit about Anthony and Consuela living together, I, I lean into this point because it would have not been as funny if I had seen her. The things he talks yeah. about, every one of his anecdotes. She is such a vivid, eccentric character mm-hmm. that I cannot imagine someone could have played that character. Couldn't
0: live up to the. You just couldn't live
1: mm-hmm. to the standard.
0: It was a bad example. Oh, sorry. No,
1: my. Example I latched was bad. onto it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I latched onto. It. <laughs> it was a bad example. Um, her writing. Her last address is the bowels of hell. Was just so funny. <laughs> he talks about like when she's watching him watch TV and she has her face pressed to the window. And he says, like, he. I mean, he goes on to say she was giving herself a permanent. She had these rollers in her hair. Her face wasn't just pressed to the glass, it was mashed. Her nose was flat. Her lips were spread over the window pane. Like, I just don't know that anybody could have done that. That's true. Um, on that, this is all part of the script. The other thing I really loved is um, the discussion between the ladies about the lingerie lingerie. The very best part, I almost said lingerie because I say that to be funny sometimes and I had to catch myself.
0: Oh, I would think you were talking about some sort of wrong form of lingered. (laughs)
1: There's a line in Napoleon Dynamite where they talk about get yourself a dang quesadilla.
0: Oh, and one yeah. time we
1: were in Mexico, I think it was. Oh, no. And uh, I was, it was with my family. And I was joking uh-huh. with my brother and my parents about um, a, quesadilla, a quesadilla. And I accidentally ordered a quesadilla. Oh, I was no. mortified. So I have to choose my words carefully. Uh, but the discussion about the lingerie was so funny. When Julia learned about edible underwear, her delivery was... Ho- she said, what'd she say? What'd she say? It was just so funny. Oh, that's funny.
0: I wasn't paying as much attention to her.
1: She, she says, um, what did you call it? And then Suzanne repeats it. She turns to Charlene and she goes, what'd she say? And then uh, Charlene follows it up with, but who would spend good money on underwear just to have a loved one eat it off? Not say like I have their husband up. or their boyfriend, loved one. For some reason, that terminology was so much funnier. Yeah,
0: I agree. But I
1: just thought all of that script writing and delivery was hilarious.
0: I agree. And I, so this is also on my likes as well. Yeah. Did you have some other likes?
1: I mean, I'd like to spend a night in a casino with those three. <laughs> I feel like that would be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then I'll, I'll say the last thing that I really liked was watching Suzanne dump her money out on the table. I feel like that must have been really gratifying. Yeah. She took her bag and just dumped it and then follows up with her two lessons. You can get something
0: for nothing and gambling does pay. I love that. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'll tack on to the part about lingerie that I, the other part of the conversation that was funny. I think this is Mary Jo. She goes, I mean, who thinks this stuff up? Can you imagine the factory where they make this? That there is actually a person out there who, who, who works as an underwear taster on an assembly line. What would you tell your children? What would you tell them? Well, I have an answer. Fruit roll-ups. I'm thinking like, just tell them you work in a factory.
1: Oh, yeah, they don't care.
0: You don't have to bring up the, yeah, they don't care. Um, And I don't, this is getting technical, but I don't think edible underwear customers are overly concerned with the taste. (laughs) I have to tell you something though, going back to what would you tell your kids? You think they don't care.
1: Every day I ask my kids what their favorite part of their school day was, like, tell me about something fun you did. Last night, laying in bed, Landon, my four-year-old says, tell me what you did at work today, mommy. And I started telling him what I did at work. And he goes, no, 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 tell me, tell me what you did at work. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, like, the stuff you did. Like, not just working on your computer. The stuff you did. And so then we had to go into the meetings I called into and what they were about. So some kids care.
0: And he, like, paid attention?
1: as much as a four-year-old can.
0: Okay, okay.
1: He asked informed questions.
0: I that guess is... so. Wow. Uh, all that to say that you can still frame it. <laughs> If that's where you want, That's true. I do think I
1: would care about the flavor of, I'm bouncing around now. I've, you've no, lost no, no. me entirely. We're, we've been recording a long time today, so. Um, what
0: flavor edible underwear do you want, Nikki? I strawberry. Oh.
1: <laughs> strawberry is my favorite fruit roll-up. And I, oh. I equate it to a fruit roll-up. Yeah. It's probably the same thing.
0: Mm, fruit roll-ups are delicious.
1: Watermelon would be good, too. <laughs> Which I think is the flavor. No, she said cotton candy. Oh.
0: Never mind. I'm less Watermelon. excited about that, but you love cotton candy right? I do. Okay. I didn't think I was making that I mean, I don't know if I would like it on underwear. Well, you never know till you try. So I would say Christmas is around the corner, but it's not. It just passed. I like that we leave sugar bakers, at least technically. Yeah. So, I mean, are we on the cruise ship from earlier this season? Yes, (laughs) probably. But this time there's like a casino table in it you can tell that i also am very familiar with the lingo
1: <laughs> it was a c-r-a-p-s table So
0: charlene says craps oh yeah which, she can't like, say it which surprised me i didn't never know that she was that precious craps that she couldn't word. say craps <laughs> um and then uh my last like is suzanne singing the name game because Consuela told her it's an old Haitian chant for good luck.
1: Oh, my gosh. Which is
0: exactly what she should have told her.
1: Going back again to something you said um, in a recent episode about their delivery and that sort of like sing-song, melodic way they deliver. The way she did the name game was just... Consuela! It was just so amazing. Every time I heard it, I died laughing all over again.
0: Yeah. Although if I had been there, I probably wouldn't have thought it was as funny. <laughs> It's crazy. Um, Yeah. All right. (laughs) What about what you didn't like? So I was alluding to this earlier. This is like at the casino. I'm not going to frame this like a question because I feel like I've asked you enough questions. Oh, no. I like the questions. Okay. Well, then all right. Did Suzanne's character feel somehow off to you at the casino? But I'm going to guess no. No. And so for me, it for me, it did. Or she did. Oh. So not like where I disliked it. I was okay to suspend belief because I like this episode. Okay. Um, but from other bits of the show, I think that we can interpret that Suzanne is pretty well traveled. Um, and I think that, you know, they come from old money. So she's pretty refined. You know, it's it's not just because she's wealthy. But they have made it very clear that she's in that world and of that world. Like... Earlier in the season, we even go through this whole plot where she's teaching Anthony all these things that he needs to know. Um, I'm having a hard time believing that she'd be a fish out of water there. And I know it's Atlantic City, and I know Atlantic City has some, like, reputation about maybe being, like, a sleazier Vegas or something. Not to be mean to Atlantic city, but what they made that casino out to be was like a nice casino. I mean, for like the show's uh, production value Mm -hmm. and people were really dressed up and like all this stuff. And, and I just find it hard to believe that she's never been in a casino situation. That's something that rich people do. They find themselves in those situations like benefit nights are often like these casino nights. Like this is something that I think is pretty standard. So I find it pretty hard to believe that like she just doesn't know anything to do here. I can see where you would feel that
1: way. I'll say that my counter to it was actually, I didn't see her as a fish out of water in the sense of like not fitting in. Like I didn't see her as less classy than the people around her. I think she's more animated and I think those people didn't really care for that at the table. But I've been in casinos before. I hate being at um, like gambling. I'm going to call them gambling tables too, but like I've been at the tables before and you have to be so prim and proper because the pit boss is watching people. I wouldn't have a problem with it because I'm typically losing, but I just feel, I always feel like I don't know what the rules are. I feel like I'm not doing things the right way. So I think she's just a little more animated. I felt like she was appropriately dressed like you would expect. Her hair looked amazing. I feel like if you make a good point about the benefits benefit events, like I feel like she would find herself on the arm of someone who is gambling and doing the right things. Um, She's never had to like call things out and call the shots. Mm -hmm. And being in the driver's seat I do, I think she's just more animated, which I don't think is fish out of water. I think it just was fish out of water for that table, maybe.
0: She's so, I would describe her though, as someone who like cares a lot about what people think about her. So, and I'm not, she is animated. But I don't know that I see her being animated in a situation where she's not comfortable with everyone there. I think she would want to put off, like, a certain, like, oh, I'm a, like, ex-beauty queen who's won lots of titles, and I'm very fancy. And so I was just having... Maybe she
1: was compartmentalizing. She was there to win. It's possible. She was in it to win it. She didn't care.
0: Yeah. So, like, but just, like, even her not knowing, like, who to order drinks from. Yeah. Some of the introducing Anthony and Charlene to everyone at the table... I get the whole Southern manners thing. Yeah. Um, but something fell off to me there. She'd probably
1: been drinking. She was probably
0: on some adrenaline. adrenaline.
1: Um, late at night.
0: They probably took a late flight.
1: I do not think she gives a crap about who takes her drink order. I think her point was, can you tell them then? Like, somebody take my drink order. I don't care who it is.
0: It's so funny. I almost wrote in the things that I thought were going to be your counterpoints here. And
1: were almost everyone I made.
0: Um, well, I thought about them. and D- that Did you one, write down, lay off Suzanne? I do agree that it's very possible that she would just give her drink order to anyone because yeah. she doesn't care. Well, they had that whole thing from Julia about how selfish
1: she is. Yeah. She's laid across people in the airplane. She doesn't even intend to. It just happens.
0: Yeah. I think what I would have believed more or maybe even what I would have liked to have seen is perhaps more of the culture of Atlantic City today where like her fish out of water would be in the sense that she's in a sea of sweatpants and fanny packs whilst in (laughs) cocktail attire and furs. I've never been to Atlantic City, so I don't know what it's like.
1: I've been to Vegas mm-hmm. and I've been to some of the um, quote unquote nicer casinos and some of the like the old Vegas, which I think are the less nice casinos. And I've seen the range in the same room. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what to there's expect. There's the high in the low, City.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Uh I, I think it's probably similar, mm-hmm. but like on a smaller scale. Yeah. I've been to Vegas. I have not been to Atlantic City, but its reputation precedes it. Mm. And I think a lot of it I've seen like in shows. So maybe I'm just getting the wrong stuff. But that vibe that is like played as like a funny thing in a lot of shows and mm-hmm. something that people probably relate to. So I imagine that some of the sweatpants and fanny packs, there's some truth in it. Yeah. So... But that was that was it for me, on didn't like. Are you ready to rate this sucker? I am. Okay, what you got? Uh, I didn't write one down. <laughs> uh, that happens to me sometimes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want me to give mine? While yes. You're... Okay, so I gave it three point seven out of five nightly cake and pie parties with Suzanne. Uh Oh, with Suzanne. I like that part. Yeah, I want to to have it with her. I think that we could really have a good time. (laughs) Um, I I like this one. Funny lines, funny situation. I like that it ends happily for everyone. It even ends happily for Julia and Mary Jo because they do go fishing. They're like, screw this. I'm out of here. I love that. So I would call this one above average and enjoyable. Yeah, I would definitely
1: it's definitely a 4. I was waffling on whether I wanted to give it a higher score because this also very similarly to episode 17 was an episode that I was I was excited. Like I thought it was fun to rewatch a couple of mm-hmm. times. Um I felt like I got something new and funny every single time. I absolutely just I, I every time Suzanne has a storyline, it's just she's so funny. She's yeah. so funny. And I like the um The worst of her in the opening, hearing all these horrible things about her, then you get the flip of the actual vulnerable her where she says, like, she's self-aware and she knows people are annoyed by her and she knows she can't change these things about herself or she's not making the effort to, but she knows she's self-aware. So
0: I like that. Yeah.
1: I'm just using your rating scale too.
0: Oh, that'll work. It's probably easier than you're trying to think of one on the fly. (laughs) So I get maybe, it. Um, but if you come up with a good one for the end, you let me know. I almost want to give it four craps. I think that would be excellent. I also like want to turn C R A P into like an acronym, but that's a, another time. Um, combination of either 80 Southern or unknown references. I didn't have anything there. I have one that I feel like is probably going to cross over one of yours. So I, I apologize. Okay. If this just really takes your fun away. But it's unknown and Southern, and it's Fred Smith. So this is the story that Charlene mentions, and it's also going to be what leads to today's Extra Sugar. Um, but Fred Smith was from Arkansas, and he is the one who started uh, Federal Express or FedEx. And um, it, like I, I think it's interesting that it caught both of our attentions mm. like because we didn't notice it in the first one. Like our first watches. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, And also the name Fred Smith. Sorry, Mr. Smith. Sounds very made up. It sounds super generic. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think maybe she even says Federal Express or something. And I'm like, who? You know, because I think we're just so much used more used to calling it FedEx. FedEx. Yeah. But he did reportedly save it from the brink of bankruptcy in its early days with blackjack winnings in Vegas. The only difference is he turned the company's last 5,000 into 27,000, not 200 into 35,000. I do think there's a big difference between $5,000 and $200. I'm just I am
1: super curious to hear what's in extra sugar because I thought that was all going to be an extra sugar.
0: Oh. So I didn't even cover it in my references. Oh, well, perfect. I wanted to leave it for you. Oh, this is sweet. <laughs> um, so that part's taken care of, and then this inspired what we'll do Got in extra Sugar. Got it. 80s things? I didn't have anything. I had Suzanne talking on the phone for hours and hours at night. hmm that continued into the nineties and the early two thousands, but I just figured I'd mention it. My
1: grandmother used to spend hours on the phone, and so if we were trying to call her, or if we were at her house, it was always she was she usually didn't do it when we were there, but sometimes she could spend a real long time on the phone, feeling like she was talking about nothing.
0: I think it's uh, okay. So both both of my grandmas were like that, and like one of my grandma, she told me that. Her and her friend would talk all day long while they did chores around the house. They were both housewives, and they would just like to keep themselves entertained.
1: Because they didn't have the Sweet TNTV podcast.
0: That's right. It would be so different today. They wouldn't even have a relationship.
1: <laughs> you wouldn't have to talk to other people if you just listened to our podcast. What
0: podcasts are for? <laughs> uh, Southern things? Uh I have something
1: that uh, is kind of Southern, but I had to look it up. So I put it in the next section. So I'll save it for there.
0: Oh, okay. Mary Jo says, that take the hair off a sweater. And (laughs) I don't really know that's a Southern saying, but it sounds super Southern. That was one of the lines I really loved.
1: She's like, ooh, that was chilling.
0: (laughs) Right. And this is talking about something creepy Consuela does. Uh, We get another episode of Little Rock, Arkansas. We did a couple of episodes back. And um, this is, again, where Charlene meets Fred Smith. Oh, right. So, because, like, she knew him.
1: She had a much, it sounds like, a more impressive network in Little Rock than she does in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, yeah. I th- well, I think she worked in, like, uh, like a high-power attorney's office or a government office or something.
1: Attorney yeah. general.
0: Oh, okay. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis. So, he gets oh. mentioned...
1: I uh, So I had to, I didn't put this in my notes, but uh-huh. I ended up looking up Elvis because I was like, when did he die? <laughs> oh, because I if the plate hadn't been is. washed since he died, oh, there's so much more to that plate. 76? 77. 77? Okay. So it would have been over a decade that's, of an unwashed plate.
0: I don't think that was the problem. Well, I wouldn't have been excited to see that. <laughs> Might be the swindling that's a problem. Sure. But they weren't asking for money. Yeah. Just sex. Um, So... <laughs> uh references
1: i know you have at least one i had to look up beauty treatments made from the placentas of sheep <laughs> this oh, came up a couple times yeah, yeah, yeah charlene mentions that this is part of suzanne's nightly while she's on the phone she gives herself really intense facials including uh these things made from the placentas of sheep which she knows because she accidentally ate them which sounds disgusting this is a hundred percent still a thing and okay. 100% real. I found a 2015 Hollywood Reporter article that said Harry Styles, Kim Kardashian and Victoria Beckham line up for these more than $500 treatments. And there was something like the stem cells in the placenta penetrate the skin better or something. I don't it was mm, not for me. Hmm, it sounds cruel in some way, I don't know. Uh, I had to look up when the Georgia lottery started, and I just mentioned this a minute ago, but I'll just add. Um, the government-run lottery was explicitly allowed in a 1992 constitutional amendment to Article 1, Section 2, Paragraph 8 of the Georgia State Constitution approved in a referendum. It was like a really big deal.
0: Is that when HOPE came along? I... feel feels like that's how they'd have to sell it. feel like HOPE was a few years later,
1: but I did not specifically look into that. So HOPE, the HOPE Scholarship is um, funded by the Georgia Lottery. Um, If you are of a certain generation of college students, it may have been what made it possible for you to go to college because it covered uh, your tuition, your something, enrollment fees. I don't remember all the fees Mm -hmm. for college, but it covered the major fees. Mm -hmm. Um, It gave you a little bit of a book stipend, but unfortunately not enough to cover um, all of your books. And then you paid for like room and board and your food.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Very so helpful.
1: it saved, yeah, like, honestly, I am so grateful to that because that's what made it possible for me to go to school. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I don't know the answer to when it, if it came along at the same time.
0: Thank you, Hope Scholarship. Thank you. And all lottery ticket buyers. Um, and then the last
1: reference I had to look up was the name game, uh, which is the Consuela thing. So this is an American popular music song co-written and performed first by Shirley Ellis. It's a rhyming game. And it is exactly as um, Suzanne does it. There are rules for it. So like if you, there's something like, they use the word Billy. So Billy, Billy, oh, illy. You just like, something weird about how if it starts with certain letters, you do it a certain way.
0: Yeah, there these are the kind of things that I really know how to screw up. I actually was very afraid that you were going to ask me to play it. So I went ahead and like wrote yours down. I wrote yours movie. down, but it's
1: easier for me just to do it.
0: Oh, really? Selena, Selena, Bobina, Banana, Fana, Fofina, Mima, Momina. Selena! Nikki, <laughs> Nikki, Bobicky, Banana, Fenna, Fofiki, Fee, five Mo, Mickey, Nikki. Mike, great job.
1: My name feels like it has the capacity to make you say something unintentional, like a dirty word or something.
0: Do you want me to do that version?
1: Yes, please. <laughs> Beth, no, that's for Sweet tv After Dark. Is that <laughs> right. what you called it? Yes. I didn't say it right. After Dark. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's why. You need to add that in as all. I had to look up Croupier. <laughs> croupier.
1: Oh, oh. I had no
0: idea what that was.
1: The Even crap I've stealer. I've heard it
0: before. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's uh specifically for roulette. Oh,
1: oh, so not the craps dealer. So, yeah, no.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 no. I mean, this is just what I read. So I could have read something wrong. Um, Because, like, I was like, so why don't y'all just say a dealer? But dealers (laughs) are specifically for Dealers are something different. They are. They're specifically for, like, poker or blackjack. Um, But a croupier is an employee who collects and pays bets and assists at the gaming tables. But... It's usually that they're in charge of roulette. Oh, so who's in charge of craps? Charlene. Yeah. It, it might be craps, too. That's what I was saying. Okay. Like, I
1: think it is. This
0: is like my notes from a couple weeks ago. Give me a break, Nikki. Sorry. I'm sorry.
1: I don't care. I don't
0: care. <laughs> Give me a break. God. I don't care. You're fine. Uh ah,
1: Cut lines. I had two that I wrote down. Okay. This one was at the very beginning. There was, um, I think it was Julia and Mary Jo having a conversation. Um, And Mary Jo says, I do feel kind of sorry for her too, though. Losing your life savings is pretty tough. Um, Julia says, having to lease out her house is the tough part. I think she could deal with everything if it wasn't for that. That you can't hide. Everyone knows about it. I can tell it's just killing her pride. I know. And Phyllis Stone Cipher stopped by. That's all we needed. You were at the bank yesterday when she was in here just gloating over Suzanne's financial troubles. She was grinning so big I thought she was going to tip over. I'm bringing this up because this part feels very Southern to me. It's been my experience that there are three things people love to hear about you. Number one, that you've become sick. Number two, divorced. Number three, poor. Or any combination thereof. And God forbid that you should tell them someone who has got cancer is getting well or that someone who's bankrupt is going to recover. It just ruins their whole week. It feels Southern to me because we just love to know things about other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that whole bless your heart sort of.
0: Mm.
1: You mean it, but you don't mean it.
0: Yeah, I get that. I think what stood out, I had that line written down too. And I'll say I thought it was important because, one, we probably could have picked up on through, through some context about her leasing her house and stuff. But I... I like that it talks, I don't like it, but I think it's important that it talks about how everyone knows she's lost her money. Right. Because I think that helps amp up the desperation that she's feeling. Yeah. Because she is someone who cares about appearances so much.
1: I think she said in the last episode she had the big foreclosure sign on her front lawn. Right. So, yeah, that's probably going to be killing her. Uh, And I wrote down this other line, and I think the only reason I can think of that I wrote it down is because it tells us how much she's going to be making. Um, Somebody says, what kind of lingerie is this? And she says, tacky lingerie, okay? It's tacky and tasteless, but I can do it three nights a week and make $500 commission.
0: So I bet you that looks all right in $22. (laughs) $20, $22, not $22. I got it. Yeah. I usually rely on you to look up those costs.
1: I guess I should have given you a heads up.
0: I just sort of guessed that it was somewhere based on all the other ones I've looked up. That it's somewhere in the eight hundred dollar range.
1: Yeah, because that last one you gave us earlier in the episode was a little more than doubled.
0: So yeah, so like eight hundred, a thousand, twelve hundred, million. <laughs> Math. More than five hundred. <laughs> Math, am I right? <laughs> Um, I had that one down too, and I thought I I think it's important because it also tells you how she's feeling about it because she's like it's tacky lingerie. It's right? Fine, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think that's important. And also, I was sitting there like, would I quit for that? Hold on, let me think about this. <laughs> <laughs> how how much are people willing to
1: spend on this edible underwear? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there are very many in-house tacky lingerie parties going on right now, so this just might not be the market for it.
0: Mm. Oh, because of COVID. Yes, ma'am. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, like, also, I'm, like, not going to do that.
1: There might be a market on TikTok to do something with tacky lingerie. I just don't know that it's selling it.
0: I'm not even someone who, like, really gets embarrassed and go. I've been to one of those kinds of parties one time. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just about to melt into the couch. It's uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. Like, I can't be looking at. Let's call them devices. And then we're all putting our, I mean, I'm not. Well, no, I would. Well, hold on. The hold sentence. on. Finish hold the the on. Sentence. I mean, just like everybody's like holding everything and passing it around and We're like looking it. at it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me, let me flesh this comment out. Flesh, flesh. is a terrible <laughs> term to use. It is. You don't know why? Go look it up, people. Oh, Anyways, it was just a lot. Oh, I'll tell you some more offline. <laughs> okay. so, so. Tune into Sweet Tea and
1: TV After
0: <laughs> Dark. That's right.
1: but it, we do have another podcast going here. I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> Ooh.
1: Spill that vodka tea. Oh, God. Do oh, you have right. any more cut lines? No? Okay. <laughs> so next episode, episode 19, the incredibly elite bona fide blue blood Beaumont driving club. It's a mouthful. We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. Email SweetTeaTVPod at gmail.com. www.ThatSweetTeaTV.com. Leave us a rating and review anywhere you listen to the podcast so we know you're listening. Uh, and hang tight for extra sugar this week. What you got,
0: Selena? Well, we're going to talk about great comebacks. Oh. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you around the bend. <laughs> Bye. Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. This week, as I said in the episode, you and I both uh, tracked down this Fred Smith reference. (laughs) Oh, this Fred Smith fella. This Mr. Smith, he calls himself. Sure, Fred. Uh, But we both looked into it, and basically, he's the FedEx guy. So (sighs) he he says, Not your FedEx guy. (laughs) not well maybe um so but he saves the company we we talked about that story already so we won't go back into that but i was inspired because there was this story and then suzanne's is a comeback story like he brought the business back from the brink she's working to get her belongings back and so today i thought we'd take a look at three great comebacks one in sports okay it feels off brand for me. It does. Mm-hmm. You really had to push yourself. Well, every time I looked up Comeback, it was like sports was the oh. very first thing that came up. So finally I was like, fine, we'll do a sports one. We'll do it live. Um, <laughs> one in Hollywood. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. And then one in business. So, okay. Okay. And then to spice it up, at each of these stops, I've added a trivia question for you. Oh, no,
1: I had to get my game face on.
0: If you get all three right, you get an undisclosed prize. Oh my gosh, there's stakes, not S T A K. That won't be your prize. S T A K would be the prize.
1: No, definitely not. S T E A K.
0: No, it won't be stakes. <laughs> you're not getting well, Omaha stakes. Well, there, we there we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna get. Just. It's as always undisclosed. Maybe stakes, no? Sure, <laughs> we'll just sign you up for a year membership. Perfect. Okay, uh, are you ready to be inspired? I am. Okay. I need some inspiration, don't we all? So, starting with sports, let's talk about the great Michael Jordan, one of the most famous people on the entire planet, and considered by many to be the greatest basketball player of all time. First. We have a Southern connection with Jordan. So, okay, he wasn't born in the South, but he grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and then he also pretty famously attended University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Even I knew that. It's the light blue one. I think they talk about that in Space Jam, which is one of the greatest movies ever made. Oh, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So it depends on who you ask, whether this is an early comeback or maybe... Maybe like an early setback, but Jordan was technically cut from the varsity high school team when he was a sophomore uh, in high school. Ultimately, he still made JV, but isn't it weird to think about Michael Jordan ever as JV? Yeah. I just needed to say that. Weird. (laughs) Here's the actual comeback. For our purposes, we're going to be talking about him coming out of retirement from the NBA. This is in '95. He retires for just 17 months. Um, I think many people know that he goes on to play minor league ball for a while. If you haven't seen Space Jam, they also cover this as a plot point because it's also history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always interesting to me when you see people play like a like a sports a sports person. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, sportster, A pro sports player do like multiple sports like professionally. I always find that very intriguing. That's just how they show us how m- much
1: more superhuman than the rest of us they are.
0: Oh, that's right. I need to feel a lot poo about myself. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. It's all about making you feel like crap. Uh, but, okay. So, but he comes back. He comes out of retirement, and he comes back and plays for the Chicago Bulls again, and he goes on to win three NBA championships with them. This is his second three-peat, for those of you not in the know, a (laughs) three-peat. Selena Googled it. No, I already knew, because I watched The Last Dance last year. Oh, okay. So this is um, three championships in a row, and so he did that twice. He's the only person to ever do that, Uh, and so... That's the comeback. Okay. That's a N- good one. Not bad. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Here's your trivia question. Space Jam. <laughs> not space jam. Fog on it. What is Jordan's estimated net worth? Do I get to do a range or something? Do I get some options? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just pull that out oh in my the yellow will you? A nine hundred million. B one point three billion. C one point seven billion or D. 2.1 billion. 1.3. That's incorrect. 1.7. That's also incorrect.
1: 2.3. Uh, it's 2.1. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> um, I was torn. Dog oh, <laughs> on it. I knew it was a red herring that those two in the middle were so close together and I should have just gone with the highest one. Air Jordans, gosh darn it, Nikki! You stupid, stupid
0: person! <laughs> All right, Nikki. Two billion. <laughs> I'm not going to do any more trivia. <laughs> Go on. Okay, so but an interesting side fact is that Forbes says only. <laughs> you guys, Nikki's going to be beating herself up about this for oh, days okay. and days. I'm just kidding. She'll forget by the time we My walk hands out the room. are so sweaty. <laughs> I got the answer wrong. Oh no! Do we need to drop the trivia portion? <laughs> Fine. Go on. So Forbes says only $90 million of that fortune came from his salary during his playing days, which is interesting because that definitely plays into what you were just saying, which is those big-time endorsements. And it wasn't the Hanes.
1: He's, he's done some massive endorsements. Mm-hmm. He really has. And there was a time, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, when, like, if you ever went into a sporting goods store, it's and random stuff, I feel like, too, like maybe tennis rackets or something. And you're like,
0: what's the yeah, uh, and then Space Jam, yeah, and then Space Jam. I really feel like you could have asked me a question about Space Jam. I'm so I've sorry. seen both of them. I'm so sorry. I did not think about Space Jam. What? <laughs> I did not think about Space Jam. I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I spend
1: a ridiculous amount of time thinking about that movie, 30 years later.
0: Well, Nikki, let me tell you this. I believe you can fly. <laughs> I can't. All right. So the second one we're going to okay. go into. We're going to talk. I feel like I called this two different things. I think I said business above, maybe. Anyways, we're talking about career comebacks. Oh, I was prepared for Hollywood here. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, what was this category? Hollywood. Um, what's your dream? Uh, so, Steven Spielberg. Okay. Rejected from UCLA and then also USC's film schools. He goes on to be. Uh, what a hunk of garbage that man is. A hunk of garbage. <laughs> So he goes on to be Steven Spielberg, Spielberg. you know, arguably one of the greatest film directors of all time. Let me just drop a couple credits on you. That sounds terrible. (laughs) You can keep your credits. (laughs) Yeah, don't drop anything on me. E.T., Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List, Indiana Jones, The Color Purple, Jurassic Park, and we cannot forget Jaws, the very first movie to earn $100 at the box office. Literally the very first blockbuster. So... Anyways, he didn't make it into film school. He got rejected. A hunk of garbage. And yet he still went on to be the best director, arguably, of all time. True talent can't be contained. That's right. Are you you ready for your (laughs) trivia questions? Ready as I'll ever
1: be. Okay. The stakes feel lower now that I know I don't have a perfect score.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that might be good, though, right? It is. Okay. Why was he rejected by UCLA and USC film schools? A. They didn't like the required short film he entered. B, he had been expelled from high school. C, he had bad grades. Or D, he had a bad SAT score. It's going to be something stupid, like his, uh,
1: his high school grades. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> it wasn't going to be the short film, he's yeah. a genius. We would have seen that. Now
0: Nikki doesn't have to leave a beat herself.
1: I'm still going to, because
0: who likes the second best winner? Oh, God, nobody. First loser. Oh, okay. Well, we're getting some insights on how Nikki feels about me on all the games I'll lose. I don't think about you. I'm only focused on myself. And let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And everyone else. Okay. So our very last category is business. business. I did write this one down. Okay. So before I talk about the business comeback, I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Is there any one business that might come to mind for you that you think I might cover when talking about mega businesses that made a mega comeback? I'm going to guess it's either Microsoft or Apple. Apple. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, I looked at list after list after list, and it's absolutely impossible to have this conversation and not talk about them. It's funny you say this, because
1: I saw an Apple commercial, an iPhone commercial the other day, and it got in my head thinking about um, how we used to have iPods, Mm -hmm. and I remember my very first iPod and feeling feeling all the things I felt about it, and it's just mind-blowing to me, so that would have been like 2005, 2006, mind-blowing to me how now, how changed the world is, and how so many people have iPhones just in their back pockets, and it's just a critic, it's changed the way we live.
0: Uh, it absolutely has. Uh, so in 2021, I saw a couple of different things. So I'll share both. I'm sure one of them is right. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, Apple was most. Uh, excuse me. It was considered the most valuable brand in the world with an estimated value of 263 billion. Good Lord. But I also saw something else that said maybe like in the last couple of years. It was the first brand to cross the trillion mark. Oh. So I'm like, come on, guys. Which one is it? Either way, I think they're making some pretty good money. Yeah, it sounds so. like a lot. Millions, trillions. Uh, to your point that you just made, with endlessly popular items like Macs, iPads, iPhones, AirPods, Apple Watches, several of which are either in this room, mm-hmm. um, between the two of us, or... Somewhere around your house or my house, I mean, it's hard to remember a time when Apple did not reign supreme. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, when you look in the cust- the um, history of the company, they had like an initially meteoric rise in the late 70s and 80s when they were just a computer company. and But then there was like struggles and they even cut loose, famously, uh, Steve Jobs, who co-founded it. And then the next decade or so was marked by ups and downs and then general flailing and then eventually failing of Apple but they wind up bringing Steve jobs back on and the rest is stuff of business legend. Um, he forges an alliance with Microsoft. I think Bill Gates is even quoted as saying like the worst thing I ever de- did was like inject money into them because they wound up becoming this behemoth. He does. Okay. too. He though. does just fine. He'd be all right. Um, And then Steve Jobs also goes on to broaden the portfolio from just being computers to all of these other things that we know so well today. And then he opens Apple stores. This is at a time when they're like, this is not a direct to consumer time. But he thought that was the way to go, putting products directly in front of consumers. And I think we could say he was probably right. This is really a twofer, honestly, because it's Apple's comeback, but it was also Steve Jobs' comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we all love a BOGO. Are you ready? <laughs> I feel like you get a BOGO iPhone. That, of, of, that would be lovely. Buy your house with an iPhone. But, right. The cost is just really something. I'm ready. Your final trivia question. Which of these are not true of Steve Jobs? Not true. A, he hated... The idea of Apple's Genius Bar. B. He was adopted and didn't meet his biological sister until they were in their twenties. C. He not only helped found Pixar, which was eventually acquired by Disney, he was an early supporter of a little project that eventually becomes frozen. Or D. He was on Fortune's list of America's toughest bosses.
1: I'm gonna go with D. Ah, uh, that's incorrect. I did. I, hey, I didn't finish. I was gonna go with D and then changed my. Oh, mind. sorry, sorry. I want to go with the adopted one.
0: Okay, the adopted one is not true.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: Give me a second. While
1: I, yeah, it's not true. Not so true. That's right, right. 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 Yeah. Okay, but it is true. I wait. Huh? So wait, is that the end? Ant- hold on.
0: You want to know? Okay. Which one?
1: That- I'm confused. <laughs> That's not the answer I want to give. Oh, okay. I want to give the first one.
0: Okay. That he hated the idea of Apple's Genius Bar. Yeah. That's what's not true. No. C. (laughs) Am I the context clue now? (laughs) That is absolutely correct, Nikki. C. (laughs) Now, the first parts are true. So I got
1: confused because I think I remember he hated the Genius Bar. That's true. I think I remember that he was adopted. Yes, true. I thought the wrinkle might be the sister thing. Um, oh, uh-huh. and then hardest bosses seemed vague to me. So it's frozen. That is not true. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Whew.
0: Sorry, That's guys. Good. What are you sorry for? <laughs> I don't
1: know. But I, I uh, go ahead.
0: Oh well. Uh, yeah. But it really is America's toughest ball. It was a hard
1: question. Well, you threw a curveball in there, asking me at the beginning, not, not as a no, not oh. as a true trivia question. You asked me which company might you be talking about, and I got the answer right. So I feel like when that wasn't originally included in the original list of questions, given that I just got that question right, technically I got three questions, and you you intended for three trivia questions. So I feel like I won.
0: I think I'm going to enjoy listening back to this. That's what I think. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to add? <laughs> or does that got you about Square? So away? he
1: did not invest in Frozen, basically.
0: No. Did you just not make that, that up know, completely? Though. Totally made up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Totally made up. Oh.
1: I read Steve Jobs's um biography. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Several years ago. Um, so him being a difficult boss, I could believe. I think that's yeah. where I knew the genius bar thing from. Uh, laugh and a maybe lot. the adopted thing. That he hated the genius bar. Yeah. I think um, he was like, nobody wants to go in and talk to a bunch of dorks. Right.
0: (laughs) I was like, wow. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that that's what's so fascinating to me. And I love to read biographies and autobiographies of people like that, just Mm -hmm. like mammoth people in the business industry, because they have really, really good instincts. And sometimes they just make bad calls. Sometimes
0: they just say the wrong, you know, like pick the wrong horse. I was listening to something recently that said like, instead of reading help books, We should be reading biographies. A hundred percent. Because that is really the nuts and bolts of like overcoming something Mm -hmm. or like a great comeback or like... It's also personal. And it's like failures and successes. Right. And and that's like a lot of what this is, is talking about the fact that, you know, we all, we all have the ability to be great and we all have the ability to not be great. (laughs) So...
1: As I know all too well by today's quiz.
0: <laughs> okay, well, on that note, everybody loves a good comeback, myself included. And of course, uh, we do because it reminds us that even giants have stumbling blocks. Even the best have to hit the pause button or start over. It's human, it's real, and it gives us that fuel we all need that little nugget of hope. Yeah, I could be a Jordan, a Spielberg jobs. And you know what? Yes, you can. That's this week's edition of Extra Sugar.